Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and what a privilege it is to have all of you out there tuning in with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the book of Revelation. I know it's going to be a blessing to you, and if it is, feel free to like it and share it with others. If you'll go over to establishedinthefaith.com, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast. You can now get us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others as well. Feel free to contact us there on the website with questions and comments that you may have pertaining to the program today. Well, we're going to go on into our study now, picking it up in Revelation chapter 9 and verse 2. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles tonight, turn to the ninth chapter of the book of Revelation. Let's begin with the first verse, Revelation chapter 9, verse 1. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key to the bottomless pit. Now, seeing how the word star has been used in the scriptures to identify angels. We believe that this star here in the first verse is an angel. Seeing how this star fell to the earth, uh, we believe that this is a fallen angel. And uh, we talked about last week how Lucifer rebelled against God how he led a revolution against God. When God created him, he was perfect in his ways till iniquity was found in him. He wanted to exalt his throne above the throne of God. He said, I will ascend up into the heights and sit upon the mount of God in whatever the case um, that is where Satan's downfall was at. It was pride. It was self. And when Satan led this revolution against God, one-third of the angels sided with him. And Lucifer, when he fell, his name is now Satan. Jesus said, I beheld Satan fall as lightning from the sky. And we've seen in the book of Job where Satan, although he is a fallen angel, he still has access to heaven. We saw last week in the book of Job where he went before the Lord and asked permission of God to do certain things to Job. And God allowed him to do certain things but said, don't you kill him, don't you take his life. So Satan has to ask permission as it pertains to the child of God. And God has a hedge, had a hedge about Job. I believe he's got a hedge about each one of us. God's got us covered. He's got our back. And Satan is known as the accuser of the brethren. He's accusing us before the Lord constantly, day and night. And... 
He wants to do things, but God will only allow him to do so much, and there are reasons for that. Uh, I believe the Lord allows Satan to do things to show us things about ourselves that we did not realize before, to show us where our weaknesses are. How do you know to fix something if you don't know it's broke? So God allows Satan to do things to show us some things. And a key is given unto him, uh, to the bottomless pit. It is Jesus Christ that has the keys of hell and of death. So it's Jesus Christ that is giving him permission uh, to open up the bottomless pit. Now, the bottomless pit is just another compartment of hell. Hell is made up of many different compartments. Um, I don't have the time to go into all of them. One compartment of hell is known as paradise. It is an area where the Old Testament saints, before the cross, when they died, they went to this place in hell known as paradise. It was not the burning side of hell. It was just a prison to hold them there for a period of time until the sin debt was paid. When Jesus died on Calvary and the sin debt was paid, the Bible says that he went down into paradise and he preached to the uh, spirits there in hell. So it's possible that when Jesus went down there, the Bible says he led captivity captive. So all of those that were captive there in that place of paradise, remember Jesus told the thief on the cross, he said, today you will be with me in paradise. Today paradise is empty. When Jesus was resurrected, there is a record, I can't remember which one of the gospels it was, but it says that several uh, uh, people were resurrected and walked down the streets of Jerusalem, whatever the case. But when Jesus was resurrected and went to heaven, he took all those Old Testament saints with him. They're in heaven now, and there's an empty compartment in hell now known as paradise. Um, it's also known as Abraham's bosom. Um, like I said, there are many different compartments of hell. This is just one of them uh, known as the bottomless pit. Let's pick it up in verse 2, Revelation 9, verse 2. And he opened the bottomless pit. That's another reason why we believe that this is an angel and not a meteorite from heaven like some of the other trumpet judgments that came prior to this because of the pronoun he that is used. So it is speaking about a, a person. And he opened the bottomless pit and there arose a smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. Keep in mind that John is seeing all of this in the spirit realm. And he is describing these things to us from that particular point of view. In the natural, this very well could be a volcano that erupts during this particular time. 
um, the smoke that's ascending up, the sun being dark and whatever the case. It's not hard to uh, believe that. Could be a volcano. Back in 2010, over in Iceland, um, a volcano erupted, sending an ash plume directly up into the jet stream. And that was carried over into parts of Europe. And flights were canceled all over the place uh, back then because of the amount of ash and debris that was in the air. Uh, the fear was that this could stop the engines on the planes and they were afraid to uh, fly the planes for about eight days. And uh, I think the figures is about 107,000 flights uh, were canceled. It cost the United States $1.7 billion, and it affected 10 million passengers. And this was back in uh, 2010. So when a volcano erupts, it sends a lot of debris and stuff up in the air, and there's nothing unusual about that. There's volcanic activity on the earth constantly. But what will be unusual about this particular volcano is that when it erupts, it's what's going to come out of it, other than the ash and whatever the case. Uh, take a look at verse 9. There came out of the smoke locust upon the earth, and unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. These are demon locusts. And just as demon spirits are invisible to the human eye, I believe that these demon locusts will be invisible as well. Now, John, like I said, being in the spirit world is able to see these things, and he gives us a description of what they look like. If you will, move down to verse 7. Uh, we'll come back to those other verses in just a minute. Revelation 9, verse 7. And the shapes of the locust were like unto horses prepared unto battle. Uh, the size of a locust is relatively small. Uh, but these are not ordinary locusts. They are wearing the armor of a horse as if uh, he's prepared for war. It says, and on their heads were as it were crowns like gold. That possibly represents the power that they have. It says, and their faces were as the faces of men, and they had hair as the hair of women, and their teeth were as the teeth of lions. Uh, that reminded me of what Peter said, First Peter 5 and 8. It says, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. And uh, these things have teeth. They're hideous looking uh, creatures. Uh, verse 9 says that they have breastplates, and as it were, breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses running into battle. Now, like I said, keep in mind, John is seeing all of this in the spirit world, and he is able to give us what these things actually sound like. Uh, I don't think 
that people here on earth will be able to see them. I don't think um, they'll be able to hear them. But I do remind you that on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, they heard the sound of a mighty rushing wind. Uh, So it is very possible uh, that uh, something could be seen or heard. But that's... We'll just have to set that up on the shelf and you come to your own conclusion about that. And needless to say, if these things are seen by the natural eye at this time, uh, there's going to be a lot of scared folks. And I don't think uh, pest control is going to do any good. (laughs) All right, verse 10. Uh, They had tails like unto scorpions. And there were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men five months. Like I said, these are hideous-looking things, and um, God did not originally create them this way. Everything that God creates is beautiful, amen? But these things uh, became this way when they sided with Lucifer Uh, In the very beginning, whenever that was in the dateless past and rebelled against God, they became this way. Uh, Like I said, we can't see them, but I believe that we are up against similar things like this today. Demons are in the world. Jesus cast out demons constantly. Uh, Paul warned us. In Ephesians chapter 6, if you will, flip over there right quick and let's look at some things. Keep this in mind. Whenever sin is involved, demon spirits are behind it. Now let me say that again. Whenever sin is involved, be assured that demon spirits are behind it. Whenever you are tempted to commit sin, whatever it may be, if you could see into the spirit world, you would see a demon spirit somewhere close by trying to tempt you to sin and whatever the case. That's why Paul told us in Ephesians 6, pick it up in verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. There is no way that we can even begin to fight demon spirits. Let me just go ahead and tell you that up front. There's no way that you can fight these things in the natural. That's why he said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might speaks of the cross of Christ. Because it was at the cross Jesus Christ defeated every demon spirit. He defeated Satan there at the cross. That is our power. We are to be strong in that and that alone. That is our strength. That is our power. He made a show of him openly. Verse 11, Ephesians 6. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of of the devil, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. 
what you're battling and what you're coming against is not so much your husband or your wife or your church member or brother or sister or whatever the case or your boss man but what you're coming against and what you're fighting is exactly what Paul said right here and uh, it's very possible like I said if you could look into the spirit world it'd be one of these hideous looking uh, rulers of the darkness of this world verse 13 he said take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all the st- uh, to stand stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Everybody has faith. But not everybody's faith is faith that God will recognize. The only faith that God will recognize is faith in the finished work of Christ. That's the only faith that God will recognize for salvation taking that shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. This is what we are to do, to pray Seek the Lord, read his word, and prepare ourselves spiritually because this is a spiritual battle that we're in. And if what we're up against looks anything like what we're looking at here in the book of Revelation, then, buddy, we are up against some things. Maybe it's a good thing we can't see what we're up against. All right, back over in... uh, Revelation chapter 9, again, we're going to pick it up in verse 4. Now, these demon locusts were given some orders. Revelation 9, verse 4, and it was commanded them. These are intelligent beings. They are given orders by God to carry out a certain task. God tells them what they can and cannot do, and they obey him. And they were told that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. Now this refers to the 144,000 Jews um, that were saved and uh, anyone else in the world that is saved at that time. They have the seal of salvation, the seal of God. And demon spirits are able to see and recognize uh, those who are saved. Uh, We looked at this here some weeks ago whether this seal of God would be an outward manifestation or would it just be a spiritual thing. And uh, I explain it this way. When a person gets saved, they are sealed with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God starts dealing and working with them. 
and there's an outward change, you're going to see a change in that person when they truly get saved. And uh, that for sure is an outward manifestation. But whether there'll be a physical mark on people, there's not now. Uh, so I don't think there'll be an actual physical mark on people then. I, like I said, I think it'll be a, a spiritual thing. But these demon spirits uh, cannot hurt Christians. Jesus said in uh, Luke ten nineteen, he said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's what Jesus told the disciples. Thank God I'm saved. Thank God I'm sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And there's not a demon spirit in hell that can hurt me because of what Jesus did at Calvary. I'm covered by the blood. Also in 1 John 4 and 4, the Bible says, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Greater is Jesus Christ that is in me than any demon spirit that's in this world. Like I said, thank God I'm saved. All right, Revelation 9 and verse 5. They were also given the orders that they should not kill men. And now that sting in their tails, they most definitely do have the power to kill. But God has given the orders that they not kill men. They have been restricted. Again, uh, demon spirits can only do what God gives them permission to do. And to them was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented for five months. And their torment was as the tor uh, torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. Now, the pain of a regular scorpion sting lasts uh, for a couple of days. Now, I don't know how long uh, this particular sting of these demon spirits will last. If it lasts only a couple of days, then individuals will be stung uh, constantly by these things. But anyway, the pain is going to be intense, and it's going to last for about five months, as the uh, Scripture says here. And uh, the pain's going to be unbearable. Verse 6 there says, And in those days shall men seek death, and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. The biggest fad going on right now is zombies. There are movies out now talking about the zombie apocalypse. Here it is right here, Revelation 9 and verse 6. That's the closest thing that you're going to find in the Bible as it pertains to a zombie apocalypse. Men will scream and beg to die, but death will flee from them. A pain so intense that many will attempt to take their own lives, but the Bible says death shall flee from them. People will take a gun and try to kill herself. 
Damage will be done, but they'll keep right on living. That's what the book says. Say what You say, James, that's kind of far-fetched. But hey, God has control over these things. And uh, you can't imagine how in the world will people explain that. No obituaries in the paper for five months. Think about it. Funeral homes are going to be empty for five months. Think about it. You know, when the economy went the pot here a few years ago, people were losing their jobs. The funeral business was still wide open. I mean, there's all time going to be people dying, and that's a a line of work that will keep you busy. But at this time right here, the morticians can go on vacation because there's not going to be anybody dying during this period of time. It's going to be horrible. They portray this stuff over television. Here it is. And you say, well, Brother James, I don't believe that. Hey, y'all just believe what you want to believe. But I'm here to tell you, you don't want to be here uh, when this is going on for a period of five months. All right, verse 11, Revelation 9, verse 11. We see that these demon spirits have a king over them, which is an angel of the bottomless pit whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon. But in the Greek tongue has his name Apollyon. Uh, Before Lucifer's revolution, these beings that are now referred to as demon locusts, they were a beautiful creation of God. And they were under a king who is now known as Abaddon or Apollyon. And this angel, along with all of these beings, this creation of God, sided with Lucifer during that revolution, and they played their part in this rebellion against God in the dateless past whenever it was. And we don't have all the details of what happened back then, but some demon spirits and some fallen angels committed sins of which God said they are to be locked away. And this is referred to in 2 Peter chapter 2. If you want to flip over there and look at that, 2 Peter chapter 2, 2 Peter 2 verse 4. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. Lucifer's not chained up right now. I mean, he he led this rebellion against God. It's hard to believe that there are some angels worse than the devil, but there are. They did sin so bad that God went ahead and locked them up unto the day of judgment. Now, the day of judgment is right here, Revelation uh, 9, where the fifth trumpet judgment is being uh, blown, and these demon locusts are being released out of the pit for this particular time of judgment upon men. Now, the name Abaddon and Apollyon means destroyer. 
He's being released out of the bottomless pit along with these demon spirits uh, to wreak havoc on the earth uh, for this period of five months to sting and torture men, whoever or not, saved at that time. And verse 12 says, One woe is past, and behold, there come two woes more hereafter. If the program today has been a blessing to you, we hope and pray that you'll share it with others. This podcast has been made possible by the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. All donations are safe and secure through PayPal. We look forward to hearing from you.